0: Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Job chapter 1, the book of Job chapter 1, a very uh, familiar story to all of us. This morning I I want to ask a question. How do you deal with life when what you anticipated doesn't come to pass? How do you deal with things you thought were going to happen doesn't happen? When things that you thought were going to turn out, they don't turn out. When what you thought was to be, never ever comes to be. How do you deal with life when you're faced with one setback after another setback? How do you deal with one defeat after another defeat? How, how do you deal with one disappointment after Another disappointment. Now, sitting here this morning, I know that we know that we are heirs to the throne of Almighty God. I know today that we know that we are the sons and daughters of God. We know that we are a chosen generation. We we know that we are a royal priesthood. We know that we have been sanctified. We we know how to pray. We, We know how to fast. We know how to give faithfully. And now we are anticipating good from God. But what happens when life takes a sudden turn? What happens when life doesn't go as you expected it to go? What happens when you're on a journey heading one way and you wind up in another place. Then you start asking God the big three-letter word. And that's why. Why? Why, why? why my marriage, God? Why am I the one sitting here? God, why? why am I the one in a ministry program? God, why am I the one that went through divorce? God, why, why am I the one that's searching for a job? Why am I the one with sons and daughters that are prodigals? Why am I the one that has cancer? Why am I the one that's struggling with dementia? Why am I the one that has all of these difficulties in my family? Why am I the one that can't seem to make ends meet at the end of the month? Why am I the one going through whatever it is that I'm going through? Have you ever found yourself in that place? Have you ever found yourself asking God, Why? Well, I believe that that would have been the story of Mr. and Mrs. Job. We know that it's a story that would have been on Job's wife's mind. We don't really see necessarily until we get later on into the book, but I can tell you today that I have no doubt that I believe, whether it's implied or whether it's in the text, I I believe that Mr. and Mrs. Job had a question of why. I believe they wondered why. You know, I was looking at some of the historical and some of the, the biblical uh, love couples of our generation and other generations before, whether we'd be Shakespearean and talk about Romeo and Juliet or whether we would talk about Cleopatra and, 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 and her uh, beloved um, mark kennedy or whether we would look at uh, uh whether it was her with the general or whether we'd look at some biblical ones like boaz and ruth or we would look at uh, uh adam and eve or we would look at Popeye and olive oil or 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 whoever it is that we would look at you know what nowhere i could find and i looked through like different like 80 different ones and and i couldn't come up with mr and mrs joe but i would say that they would have had to have a very deep, a, a, a very sincere love. Even though in the early chapters they, they both take two different turns. We know that Job is faithful and Mrs. Job is maybe less than faithful. But I would say today, although they wouldn't make the records, uh, you won't find them on Google. You won't find them mentioned uh, on the pages of of, of historical love couples. I I would say somebody that, that went through all that they went through. All of these catastrophes that we are to speak of this morning. Yet they find themselves together in the end. And they're still a couple. And they're still serving the Lord. Now, this morning, I know we know that there's Valentine's Day on, on Wednesday, and, and I really wanted to sandwich this particular two-part series uh, just kind of around Valentine's Day. But I want you to think with me this morning what it would have been like to have been either Mr. Job or Mrs. Job. And I believe today that you can take something from their lives and you can apply it to your life here this morning. So out of Job chapter 1, we are going to pick up reading at verse 13 and we're going to read through verse uh, 22. But let's stand in honor of God's word this morning. This is the inspired word of God. And this word is the power, is the power to, change to change lives. Job chapter 1 beginning with verse 13. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also... Another, and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there also came another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and their daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young man, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head. He fell down upon the ground in worship, and worshipped, and said, Naked, Came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all of this Job sinned not, nor did he charge God foolishly. Let's pray. Father God, this morning we're thankful for your holy, infallible, absolute, concrete, powerful truth and Lord today I I know we sit here and Lord whether religious or not whether saved or unsaved whether fearful or faithful Lord all of us as humans have had our places in life where we have wondered where God is why did this happen to me And Lord, over these next two weeks, Lord, I pray that you would just allow us a peek into this couple's life. And Lord, we would be able to see how it is that we ought to live. Lord, today if there's somebody here that's lost in need of you, I pray that this would be the moment that they could be saved. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we praise you, Lord, above all. For just allowing us to be here this morning and it's in your powerful name we pray amen you know whether you've woke up enough days on the planet yet or not if you wake up enough days there's going to be a day and I doubt it'll ever be like this day that we have just seen portrayed in a drama or read about in Scripture. But there will be a day in your life where you will wonder, why? Why is this happening to me? You know, it's a question that even a great man named Gideon himself raised. And I guess he, he put it best of all when he said in Judges six thirteen. this is what Gideon says. He says, if the Lord is with us, why is all this happening to us? If the Lord is with us, why is all of this happening to us? I'll put a coin in the meter and just park there for just like 20 seconds. You know what? oftentimes we think because we have read enough Bible or we've got enough crosses around our neck that somehow we think that we are sometimes exempt from some difficult days. And that's really not true at all because, no doubt, whether it's Job or whether it's Gideon, there are times and places and periods in our life where we wonder if God is really with us. And there's one thing that I do know that God takes this question very seriously because He gives us an entire book. He gives us an entire book that is really along this subject lines. Now think about Job. Job was a man that lived over 300 years ago. And the Bible gives us descriptions of him that tells us immediately that this is a great man. This is somebody special. Matter of fact, when you look at Scripture in Job 1 and 3, it tells us that he was the greatest of all the men in the East. We know that he was a righteous man. We know that he was a man that was blameless, he was upright, he he feared God. This was a man that was not your average man, but this was a man that had served God. Matter of fact, if you put uh, Job under a microscope and you would have been hard pressed to find a germ in his life. There were no skeletons in his closet. As a matter of fact, the IRS, the FBI, if you put them all together, they would not be able to find a blemish on his character. Even God himself said, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one like him on the earth that that Job is blameless. He is an upright man. He fears God and he turns away from evil. So he is a special man. He is a man that would be a church-going man. He's not only a church-going man. He would have been a, been a Sunday school teacher times 10. He would have been somebody that would have been there every time the doors were open. He would have been somebody that would have knew how to quote scripture. He would have been somebody that was faithful and encouraging to other people. We know that he was a rich man. Verse 3 tells us that he had over 11,000 animals, not to mention his servants, his money, and his houses. He was religious. This was a man that not only had a great relationship with God, but he was a great spiritual leader in his own home. He was a man that stood above other men. As a matter of fact, it tells us that Job would sin and consecrate himself. He he would rise up early in the morning. He, He would offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And thus Job did this continually. He was so concerned about his family that that he would offer these burnt incense. He he would consecrate himself. He he didn't even know whether uh, his family had done any of these things, but he just wanted to to give them some extra protection. Job was a man who prayed for his family and would offer uh, a sacrifice for their sins. Job met up with the devil. Unbeknownst to Job, and we know that Job... Put all of these things, the devil took all these things from Job, and Job finds himself at a place that he would have never, ever expected. As a matter of fact, later on in the book of Job, we see in chapter 7, it says, Why won't you leave me alone? He's having a dialogue with God, even for a moment. If I've sinned, what have I done to you, O watcher of all humanity? Why have you made me your target? Have you ever felt like you were God's target? you ever felt like that what could go wrong just simply went wrong? That sometimes when it rains, it pours. All of a sudden, you just feel like that you're God's target. Can you believe that all of this happened in just a couple of days? I mean, I mean, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, how do you go on? How, how, how do you go on when you have a couple days like this? How, how do you handle this kind of crisis? How, how do you handle this kind of news? How, how do you handle this kind of... Of situation. Think about it. He's lost his family. He's argued with his wife. He, he's lost his health. He, he's lost his livelihood. He, he's lost his livestock. I mean this whole entire book of Job. Is, is there so we can see. These examples of this man. That was doing everything right. Yet in life he seems like he is dealt. A very losing hand. Because it does rain on the righteous as well uh, as the unrighteous. It rains on the unrighteous and the righteous, the just and the unjust, the unjust and the just. I mean, it doesn't make any difference. But it says in verse 20, in spite of losing his health, that he went to worship. In spite of losing his wealth, he, he went to worship. In spite of losing his family, he went to worship. In other words, he went through all that he went through, but he still was worshiping God. I mean, the question this morning is, could you take such news? Could you go such tribulation? Could you deal with such trouble? Because I've been around a while at church, and you've been around for a while at church, and, and most people never go through even a fraction of what he went through. Yet it says that Job, after he goes through all of these things, he's still a worshiper, he's still worshiping God. I remember maybe a, perhaps a, a year or so ago, I preached a message on wounded worshipers. And sometimes when you go to church, you, you are a wounded worshiper. Not I mean, sometimes you go to church and everything's fine, and you just simply pull the car up, and you got plenty of gas in the car, you got plenty of money uh, in the pocket, and you got pep in the step and glide in your stride, and you ain't got nothing going on, and you just simply go to church. Most of us don't even really worship God on those days. Let alone the kind of days that Job had just experienced. But it said in spite of the health, in spite of the family issues, in spite of the financial issues, he still worships, You know you're somebody when you can still show up and worship. You know you're somebody when you ain't worried about what anybody else thinks, but you just simply worry about what God thinks, and you got enough belief in God that you're just going to show up anyhow because you know the beginning from the end, the end to the beginning. You know that you can still worship God whether you're on the mountain or whether you're in the valley. Whether it's a good time, whether it's a bad time, whether it's a sad time, whether it's a glad time. I mean, you know you have a relationship with God when you can still worship. Now, I can't speak for everybody here, but I'm going to tell you what. There's been days I've showed up at church over my 54 years of life, and I didn't really feel like worshiping. You ever been there? I mean, you just kind of limped in. I mean, I know you smiled at everybody. I know you shook everybody's hand. I know you tried to look like you were righteous and religious, but really, the truth be made known, you really wasn't in church that day. You don't know who showed up. You don't know who were there. You just had to survive the church. You, you ever gone to church and you just survived the service? I mean, you, you, you really didn't feel like coming, but you just knew because God was going to be there, and you just knew that he might have something for you, and you were just going to try to survive the 60 minutes of service. If I would be honest with you today, I don't know how many services I've had like that, but I've had some services where I didn't really go to church. I mean, I really just went to see what God had for me. I showed up there, and somehow I made it through. Now, let me just tell you this. I did feel better for going. Amen. But I still was wounded. I still was limping. Everything wasn't right in my life. I believe that people show up at church all the time. And everything ain't going to be right today when you go home. You still got some bills that are unmet. You still got some pills that you got to pop. You still got some, 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 some wounds that you got to bandage. You, you still got some difficulty. But it says in spite of all the difficulty that Job had he he still worshiped. And I think, man, man, if you could just get that in your mind that you could have the kind of days that he had, and he still worshiped. Because I believe he's the ultimate wounded worshiper. But this morning I believe that Job teaches us, in a real sense, he, he teaches us three things. And these three things are things that I think that you could begin preparing for today. Because I've lived long enough to know that it's not a matter, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's going to take place. It's it's going to happen. You're, You're going to get to your moments. You're going to have your time where you say, God, I've done all that I can do. God, I went to church. God, I served you. God, I gave everything that I had to you. Why? Did it have to go like this? Let me give you three things today that you can stand firm in. Next week, we'll look at it a little bit different angle. We'll look at it more from the humanistic side next week. But but this week, we're just going to look at it from the faithful side, from the biblical side. First of all, you have to understand that you got to trust God's Word. you got to trust God's Word. In, In verse 1 and 21, it says that naked I came from my mother's womb naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, when you can't understand life, you got to remember his word. Unlike you and me, Job didn't know anything about the dialogue between Satan and God in verses 6 through 12. He didn't know that he had been picked to be picked upon. And unlike you and me, he didn't know these things, and I don't have time to go into that entire story. But there would be one thing that's certainly true. Job had no idea that he was being set up, but when he lost all that he had, instead of cussing, we know that he worshipped. And he not only worshipped, but he trusted his word. His word says it was just a test. His word said it was just a trial. His word said it was just tribulation. His word said it was just a season. His word says it was just delay. His word said it was just a valley. His word said it was just a part of the growing process. His word said it was just a necessary setback because the Bible lets us know that heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will stand forever. You see, you can't take everybody at your word. But you gotta be able to make up your mind right now that come hell or high water, whether it's a day of heaven or a day of hell, whether it's something you agree with or don't agree with, whether you understand or don't understand, you've got to be able to put your faith in God's Word. And the only way you're going to make it to that worship moment is you've got to understand that our God is a good God. Our God is a loving God. Our God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Our God is with us whether it looks like it, whether it feels like it. My God is already on the throne and He loves me and He cares for me, and there's nothing that's going to pass through His hands, and there's nothing that's going to happen in my life that I cannot simply believe in God's Word. A lot of people discount the Word of God, but I'm going to tell you what, in the Word of God, there is trust. In the Word of God, there is hope. In the Word of God, there is strength. In the Word of God will allow you to be able to do some things you never thought you'd be able to do, and sometimes it's not just a matter of, of professing, but it's a matter of practicing. You know, when I've gone some of the, through some of the things that I've went through, you know, I, I know how to profess God. Understand this, you, it's one thing to profess God. All of us this morning, we're, we're professing God people. I mean, I mean, we're here at church today, and if you were to ask many of us different things, we all would be able to profess some things about God. But when you lose all that Job lost, it's no longer about professing God, it's now about practicing. It's about putting into faith what it is that you say that you uh, profess. And the only way you're going to be able to go from uh, professing to practicing is you're going to have to have possession. And what I mean by that is you're going to have to know it in your mind, you're going to have to know it in your heart. And you're going to have to stand upon the Word of God and declare what the Word of God has to say. And you're going to have to know that God loves and God cares and God strengthens, and you're going to have to know. In those darkest moments of your life, you're going to have to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you may not be able to trust anything else, but you can trust. You can trust God's Word. in this pages. In these pages today, we take a lot of them for granted. But in this book, this inspirational book, is a wealth of wealth of resources, a wealth of power, a wealth of love, and a wealth of strength. And I believe that Job was such a man that I, I, I believe that he knew the Word, and I believe... Even though we're looking at an ancient story, we're looking at an Old Testament story, we're looking at something that may not seem to be applicable today, I, I, I believe if we were to put it in real terms today, I mean, I believe that this man knew the word inside and out. And I knew that, I believe that he knew, even though he didn't know Satan, I, I, I believe that he knew that God was in total control and that God would see him through. So you got to trust in his word and then you got to trust the heart of Almighty God. You know what, you're not always going to understand why. Because there's a lot of things that we go through that you and I will never understand why. I don't understand why bad things happen to good people. I just don't understand that. You know, I'll be honest with you, if I was God and I'm not, and His ways are not my ways, and, and obviously His thoughts are not my thoughts, but but if if we all could have a fleshly moment today, uh, how many of y'all would handle the world a little different than God handles it? You know what I'm saying? How many of y'all couldn't think of somebody bad you'd take out before? You, you, y'all know what I'm saying. Y'all, y'all know, you know, I mean, I mean there's others around you. you. You would just do it different. And you may sit here this morning and say, well, no, I wouldn't do it differently. Listen, in, in, in Romans 8, 28, we, we know that that's a scripture that tells us that all things, it doesn't say a few things, doesn't say a couple things, it doesn't say uh, the things we think it says, but it says that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord that are called according to his purpose. Now that doesn't mean there's necessarily good uh, in the circumstantial thing, but it means that if we trust and we believe and we cling to God's word, that somehow God's heart will bring that around. And somehow that will affect somebody some way, and we may never, ever understand it. There are things every day that I don't understand. You know, I don't understand why the thug continues to live and the innocent people seem to die. You ever ever notice that? I mean, these reports are every single day. I don't understand why some people get cancer. I mean, I I know people that have smoked their entire life and they never get cancer. Y'all know anybody like that? And I'm not beating up on the smokers. I mean, I mean, I'm just telling you. I'm, I, I mean, I know people that used to carry around. It used to be really cool to carry that Marlboro pack, you know, and you, you're just a Marlboro man, or maybe you were a, a Camel man before that, or whatever it was. And I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, my grandpa uh, back in the day, and i I've, I've mentioned his name a few times in this church. I mean, the color of our house, the paint was smoke color, because. <laughs> It had like two inches of, of secondhand smoke on the walls. Now, I never smoked. I never smoked. I tried it one time, but I mean, I just couldn't do it. I mean, I mean, it just kind of made me sick. But my, my, my grandpa, he never inhaled that cigarette. He'd blow it all over the house. And I don't care. I don't care if you had blue walls or, or pretty green walls or whatever. I mean, after a month or two, they were like double thick smoke walls. And I mean, I mean, you just go in there and it's just the way it was. I, I mean, I mean, it was and he lived to be like 90 some years old. Can you believe that? You know, I don't understand that. And then somebody else, you, you, you know, they're organic and they don't eat meat and, 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 and they're very protectant and you know, all these different kinds of things. They want, you know, the non-chemical perfumes and non-chemical this and that. And you know, they get sick at 50. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if we reverse that, how many of y'all think the 90 year old should be gone first, the smoker, don't you? <laughs> Well, that's just the way I think. Maybe you don't think like that. I don't know. But listen, there's a lot of things I don't understand about God. That's why He's God. And that's why Scripture tells us that His thoughts are not ours. His ways are not ours. I can't always figure Him out, but I, I must always make sure that I can trust Him. You see, God is so big. He's so much larger. I mean, He... His presence fills the universe. We know that he's more powerful than anything we would ever know. He's more wiser than the brightest minds all put together down here upon this earth. His love is beyond human understanding. His grace knows no limits. His holiness is infinite. His ways are past finding out. He has no beginning. He has no ending. He grades all things, and all things exist by His divine power. He has no peers, no one to give Him advice. No one can fully understand Him. No one elected Him to be God, and therefore nobody can void Him out. He's perfect in all His ways, and He loves each and every one of us in spite of the fact that we may mess up. And all I'm trying to say is I don't understand God. But I'm glad that he's God and I'm not. I'm glad that that somehow, even when I can't understand it, I've just got to have enough belief and trust in his word that I can also trust his heart. That whatever it is that I've got to walk through here, I've got to trust God's heart. Whether it's the fair things or the unfair things, whether it's the permissible will of God or the will of God, or whether it's an attack from Satan, or or it's something that's self-imposed, whatever it is, I, I've, I've got to get to a place to where I simply trust in his word, and I simply trust in his heart. And if you do those two things, it leads to this third and final thing, and I, I think this kind of wraps up where I see Job at, where I see him at from the very beginning, and I see him in the very end. And that's... There's a lot of things in life that you can't depend upon. For Job, it was, it, it, it was, it was friends and, and he, he, even his wife. But the one thing that you can always trust and depend upon is that is by faith you can always trust in God. You can always trust in God. In the 19th chapter of Job, the 25th verse, this is what Job says. He says, for I know that my Redeemer lives. Think about this. (laughs) This is a man, I mean, this man has gone through a lot of stuff. Don't downplay that. But he says in the 19th chapter, the 25th verse, he says, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at the last. You see, there's a lot of things I don't understand. But this one thing I do know that my Redeemer lifts. And Job has these three friends that they're very uh, accusational. They're accusing him of doing something wrong and he's brought these things upon himself. And sometimes when you find yourself in these situations... You'll have friends just like that. You'll, you'll have people that'll, that'll say, well, you must have done something, or God's punishing you, or, 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 or just like Job said in the seventh chapter, you've got a target on your back, or just as Gideon said, man, I mean, God, I mean, where are you at? I mean, I thought we were closer than that. But listen, sometimes you've got to have enough faith in God. And Job is even having difficulties handling his own wife here. But here's what I want you to hear. Sometimes you've got to have enough faith in God that you've got to stand all by yourself. Have you ever had to stand all by yourself? I, I, I mean, some, sometimes you, you might not get any encouragement from anybody else. Sometimes in the situation that you find yourself in, sometimes you may have to worship alone. Sometimes you may have to be faithful alone. That's good when you've got a church, it's good when you've got friends, it's good when you've got a life group, it's good when you've got encouragement, but I'm going to tell you today that I believe in these early chapters of Job, that Job had to face what he was facing. He had to face it alone. Sometimes you're going to have a husband that ain't going to come with you. Sometimes you're going to have a wife that may not come with you. Sometimes your children may wonder why you go to church. Why do you show up every week? Why do you give the money you give? Sometimes you got to do these things alone and you got to be able to say that I know my redeemer lives and I know in the end he's going to be standing. I know in the end he's got a place for me to be absent from the body is going to be to be present with Jesus. I know in this world I I am just simply passing through, and there's another world. There's another world for me. You know, this past week, sixty-two years old, big story. Toby Keith uh, went home to be with the Lord. You know, uh, stomach cancer. I mean, been dealing with that stuff for like the last three years. And I, I, I watched some of the different different things that uh, he had done over the years, and the patriotic things, and even the God things. But you know the one thing that I believe that all of us just as Toby Keith had all of us and if you didn't hear anything else hear this and we'll we'll get up out of here all of us are going to have a Toby Keith day whether it's 62 92 102 or 32 or 22 or or however old it is all of us are going to have an end of life moment and the one thing that you better be able to know you better be able to know that you can trust in God's word for what it says letter by letter chapter by chapter, book by book, from the beginning to the end. You better be able to trust in his word. You better know what you know that you can trust in his heart. But then you better know that you can have faith in God. In those moments, in those moments when tragedies happen, and like I say, grant you, we're never going to ever experience because of outside of Jesus, no man never suffered more than this family suffered. But the fact that this family went through all they went through, they stayed together. We're going to get in a little bit more of that next week, and and we're going to look a little bit more at the humanistic side of Miss Job. But what I want to tell you today, that Job said, and what gave him confidence through the storms of life, was he knew that his Redeemer lived, and that his Redeemer was going to be standing at the end. And today, if I could just leave you with anything, if I could leave you with anything, and I, and I, I, I wish I could give you one of these uh, messages that some of these preachers in today's world gives you and tell you that nothing bad will never happen to you and you're going to be blessed your whole life and you're going to get through raising the kids and everything's going to be fine. Let me just tell you, uh, unfortunately, that probably won't be the majority of our stories in here. You're going to face some stuff. But if you can face it and you can trust his word, you can trust his heart, and then if you can just simply have faith that my Redeemer lives, what a testament. What a testament that my Redeemer lives. And then the last, he's going to be there. Friends, today I want you to know that our Redeemer does live. And no matter what you experience in this world, that one of these days, the most important thing that's going to mean the most to you is that your Redeemer lives. That He came by way of God's only begotten Son and that He died upon the cross for mankind's sin. And the greatest decision you'll ever make in this life is simply to have a relationship with Jesus. You know, I've kind of been stuck on this lately, but, but you know, there's a lot of things in life we can be wrong about. You know, you can be wrong about who you marry, You can get another one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it just happens. (laughs) You can be wrong about how you raise your kids. You can be a cool parent, strict parent. You know, I don't even know what all the different parenting things are today. You can be wrong about where you live, what house you buy. You can be wrong about what job you take, what model of car you're you're, you're driving. You you can be wrong about a lot of things in life, and, and you can still be okay. I mean, you can recover from it. The one thing that you cannot be wrong about, and that's having a relationship with Jesus. And you better make sure, you better make sure, and this isn't some preacher talk, Baptist talk, I don't care if you come back to this church or not, I'm just going to tell you how it is because I'm not going to let it be on me. I want to tell you today, no matter what church you follow, wherever you go, this better be the message you better hear, that if you were to gain the entire world, lose your own soul, it would profit you none at all. You better make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because one of these days in your fighting moments, when you're down to your last breath here upon earth, you better make sure that you're going to cross to the other side and that you're going to have a relationship with Almighty God. Today, if you don't have that relationship, this altar's open. You can come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let's stand this morning. Let's pray.